Thank you for listening to this episode of Faces of Our Cities. I'm your host, Jesse, and today I'm with someone I'm really excited to meet with. Karen Gill. I have never actually met or talked to Karen before. Um, when I think about how we got connected, to be honest, I think it was some sort of a comment on a LinkedIn post that turned into uh, a soft pitch to convince Karen to talk to me for no reason whatsoever other than uh, her tagline on her LinkedIn seemed like she was a really interesting person. Um, and Karen, do I have that right? Yeah, so I think I commented and you were kind of like, let's hop on a call. I'm like, sure. And, and this came about. So it's really, um, I'm excited to talk yeah, to you today. I, I was, uh, normally, I convince people to just hop on a normal Zoom call. And I think with you, I had already decided in the back of my head, this this person would be great on my podcast. Let's just like go for it without even actually <laughs> knowing who she is and talking to her. So I think I was like, yeah, you want to hang out on a call? Actually, do you want to do a podcast? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so uh, I appreciate uh, you being willing to hop on here. You know, outside of knowing that you have a really great LinkedIn uh, profile and um, that you uh, work with coaching uh, it seems like sales and and business owners, essentially. Um, I don't know a whole lot outside of what you do. Um, so can you maybe give me a breakdown? This is the first time I'm hearing your, you hearing about who you are. So help me understand that. Sure. So I'm Karen Grell, and I'm a business coach and persuasion strategist. Um, so what I found with working with coaches, consultants, and service providers is that in the end, their problems all led kind of to sales. They weren't able to get the clients or sell the courses that they wanted to. And so I really tried to do a deep dive in figuring out other ways that I could help my clients and help myself as well. And so that's when I cut um, down the path of becoming a certified master persuader. So learning all about persuasion um, strategy, which is different than uh, what most people kind of do. They use different words or they use different design to try to encourage people to buy their offers. This is really looking deeper at kind of the psychological triggers that help people make the decision to then buy from you. So that's my you, background. You said you became a master persuader, like there's an actual certification for that? Yeah, so there's a certification program for persuasion strategists, and it's called Certified Master Persuader. Um, and it's a six months course. We have to do a lot of work and research and learning. We have a lot of case studies that we do as well, um, kind of reviewing offers and sales pages and funnels and webinars, um, and really looking at ways that we can make those tweaks so that they can be more effective be, and convert better. So the program is based around it being for sales, but like I, that seems like a really scary, like, I don't know, title, like, uh, yeah, I got certified in persuasion and I would be like, for what, what are you going to make me do? What do you, like, it, I mean, are there people that use it for other things than sales? Like, I guess just to make things happen is it, I mean, it's kind of like deal-making in general and it, I guess in deal-making, there's always something being traded. We just don't call it sales. We call it uh, right. negotiations and uh, peace talks or something like that, right? 
So this was definitely focused on online businesses. So it's, you know, definitely kind of that sales part. And again, I would make a distinction between persuasion, which is an intent for me to help you make the right decision, the best decision for you, then manipulation, which is something completely different where the intent is not anything that's good for you. They're not serving their clients. It's all about them. So definitely persuasion is just trying to make sure that you're showcasing your offer or whatever you have the best way so that, that, that your ideal buyers can make the best decision and then make that purchase from okay. you. Okay. Um, before getting your certification, had you been working in sales or what kind of led to, I guess, taking that next step? Cause I, you're the first person I've ever talked to that took a step like that. I maybe most people are just okay with kind of the standard sales training, but, um, what, where were you at before that? Sure. So I was a business coach and I've been a business coach for quite a while. Like I started my first online business over 14 years ago. And so I've kind of been around and I've learned a lot of things, made a lot of mistakes and really got to the point where I was helping other business owners. But again, I really felt like there was kind of some gaps and I also thought, you know, persuasion strategist is a little different. So I can position myself a little differently than just the average business mm -hmm. coach, right? It's kind of finding that special unique uh, offer that I have for them. It's a little different than other people. So that kind of was what attracted me to that and, you know, helping myself because I can improve my offers as well, but also then helping my clients so I can serve okay. them. Um, when it came to being a business coach, were there certain things that you helped them with? Or uh, that's really intriguing to me. Um, uh, mm -hmm. for reasons that I haven't explained to anyone yet. Uh, <laughs> okay. But um, what uh, <laughs> when someone is looking for a business coach like that, are they usually looking for someone who just is kind of a, a um, jack of all trades uh, in, in all things from sales to uh, finances to uh, procurement or whatever in logistics? Or mm -hmm. do they usually look for a business coach that's siloed uh, and is that kind of how that went? Like you were a jack of all trades and then you're like, you know what, we're going to go just this very specific silo. Mm -hmm. So when I first became a business coach, I was definitely more generalized, but when you start to work with people, you kind of start to see the types of clients that you can serve the best. So I definitely worked with service providers. And a lot of times what would happen is they would start their business. They would get a couple clients. And then they would be working 24 seven. They didn't have any systems in place. They weren't good at time management. So it was really kind of putting those business foundations in place to help them with that so that then they could serve their clients how they wanted to, but still have time for a life as well as then being able to grow and scale. Because if you don't have that foundation, you can't do that. So that's really where I started and working more and more with kind of those service providers. But as you can imagine, once we kind of get the foundations, there's other issues that come up for them. And one of them was, how can I sell better? You know, I have this website or I have this offer. It's not converting. It's even not even doing the one to 3%, which is average. So, you know, how can I do that better? And so that's kind of then how I did even a little more niching down. I see. Very cool. Okay. Um, you said uh, you work mostly with service providers that, I mean, kind of falls under say like a freelancer for like creative services or would that be like lawyers, accountants, like service providers that way? Or, mm -hmm. or what, what does that all encompass? Sure. So I work with a lot of other coaches as well, but service providers like graphic designers, website designers, um, accountants. So someone who does um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with someone or has kind of that service like a graphic designer would for another business owner as well. Okay, cool. All right. Um, well, I mean, I feel like we're talking to the right person here, A, 
uh, I'm really excited for what um, our, our, our main purpose of this, this podcast is, which is help us help the, the community that is going to watch these uh, and listen to these podcasts, um, figure out some, maybe some life hacks or some business hacks or just some things that some real, like solid, tangible things that they can do to just be better. Um, I bet you've seen right. things across the board and you've probably after this much time working with businesses have just been like, Hey, here's your top 10. Like if you're not doing these, you're not, you're not winning. Like here's the base. Are, right. are you, could you share any of those with us? Oh, most definitely. So uh, because I worked with a lot of different types of businesses, there was a common denominator and a lot of them had to do with kind of productivity and time management. So one of the things that I think is so important is really figuring out um, what are your boundaries? So a lot of people don't even set office hours, but I think it's so important. You need to know um, so that your clients don't encroach because as you know, sometimes, especially in the beginning, when you're trying to get clients, you'll take anybody and everybody. A lot of times they will go beyond what you had maybe listed. They'll call you at night. They'll send you texts any time of day. So I think it's so important that you figure out for yourself, okay, what am I willing to do and what am I not willing to do? So set those business hours if that works for you. I have a business phone that I turn off on the weekends and I leave in the drawer so I don't even have to think about that. Um, if I decide to, that's my choice, but that's very different than having to react to everything that everyone does for yeah. you. So I think one of the best things you can do is figure out that boundary for Do yourself. you find people, why do people struggle with that? I, you mentioned, you know, you just take anything and everything you can, especially when you're first starting out. Is it that fear of missing out on a sale or is it uh, just a fear of being like tagged as non-responsive? What, what is it usually that stops people from doing that? So I work with a lot of people who I would describe as perfectionists. And so they definitely want to have the best service that they're offering to their clients and really stand above everyone else, which is a great quality to have. But again, there needs to be limits to that as well. And so you need to figure out a way, okay, you know, okay, you can call me until five or whatever that is, but you need to put that boundary and then yeah. stick to it. Because when you let them cross that boundary, that's when it all goes, it goes down. Yeah. There, so. Well, you see that, um, you hear about it. I've experienced it uh, when I had a job, right? When you let your boss... <laughs> Right. start calling you and yeah. texting you at eight, nine o'clock at night, you think you got to respond. And I think, um, well, hopefully the, the, the great resignation, right. That's going on right now. Uh, I don't doubt that. Um, it's little things like that, that motivate some of that, that people are like, I'm really done mm -hmm. with this. You mean there's companies that won't text me in the middle of the night and like, won't stress <laughs> me out before I go to bed. Like, Oh, cool. All right. You know, um, Yep. But okay, so that's, I think that's really great. Um, and um, at the end of the day, you know, if, uh, if you, most people I would think like went off on their own and started their own business because they wanted to have more control over when they work. So it's funny actually hearing that, um, that, oh, well, actually, a lot of people just let their business hours be whenever. So Right. And, you know, it's a slippery slope, right? You think, oh, I'll just answer this one or I'll just do this one thing for them after hours. But then you, you're setting, you know, the expectation that you're willing to do that. So it's so important, I think, just from the very beginning with your clients, set the expectation. These are my working hours. That's the only hours I'm available. If you catch me on Friday after 5 p.m., then I'll catch you on Monday. You know, so you just need to make sure you spell everything out from the beginning, I think. And I think when you start out in business, you're a little afraid to say that, those sure. things, right? You're not quite as confident. You haven't had that experience yet of doing that. So if you can do it from the very beginning, you'll save yourself a lot of headaches. <laughs> That's great.
That's great. Uh, any other tips you want to throw out there for us? Sure. So one thing that I've noticed a lot is there's a lot of people who will say, you need to wake up at 5 a.m. to be productive, or there's these kind of definitive things you have to do to be successful in business. And I would challenge that a little bit because I really have found working with a lot of different types of clients, you need to know yourself, right? So I always say you need to work with your brain. I say this all the time to my clients because, you know, everyone's a little different. I can't get up at 5 a.m. and be productive because if you have children and you've been up all night, you just don't get enough sleep as it is, right? So you need to figure out what works best for your brain, for your body, for your kind of life, right? So I definitely recommend you think about and really start tuning in. So like, when do I write the best? So if you need to write posts, you know, for LinkedIn, let's say, um, when do you do that best? Um, for me, I'm not good at writing first thing in the morning. I'm not a morning person. And so my brain just isn't functioning well enough to write those same. posts. So instead, I'll, yeah, I didn't say just me. Um, so instead, I put those, you know, as a block of time later in the day. And that works for me. Some people are fantastic at writing in the morning. So do those things that you do best at the best times for you, right? Really figure that out. I remember when I first started, I did a super detail-oriented task first thing in the morning. And I just couldn't do it. It was taking me double the time. And I just felt like I was like going through quicksand or something. Like it just wasn't working. And I kept trying to do it. And, I, and finally I said, what? What am I doing? I really need to figure out this is not working. Let's do something else. So when I switched it up and did like going on LinkedIn in the morning first thing and commenting, that's kind of a lighter task. I could do that first thing in the morning. That fine. And then I did those other tasks later in the day. So I really hope, you know, we're talking a lot about work-life balance, right? So really think about working with your brain, making sure you're making it the best way that it can work, right? To be as efficient as possible so that you can do the work you love, you know, serve the clients that you like to do, but then have that time for yourself to recharge as well. I love that. Oh, that's good. I think maybe we should just um, promote this episode just like that chunk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, uh, just, we hear a lot of people saying that and uh, let's just keep on saying it, right? Eventually, like, more and more uh, workplaces and, and people in general will start listening. Yeah. And um, hopefully we see uh, that, that quality of life just increase, uh, which would be really great yeah. to see, see a lot of people just uh, living their best life, right? Um, sure. Now, uh, I don't know if you were prepared for this, but um, would you, as, as a, um, someone who's a master in persuasion, um, would you give any tips to, uh, salespeople or account execs as they, um, uh, are going into sales meetings or making cold calls or whatever? Is there something that you notice that in, on average, people are forgetting that you're like, don't forget this. Mm -hmm. This is something you have to do. Uh, anything you want to throw out there for us? Sure. So one of the things that you notice a lot, like I've reviewed over a hundred kind of offers and, and things like that. I think people forget um, that you need to really understand your clients, you know, issues and problems and pain points. And a lot of times we look at the superficial ones and they'll even tell us the superficial ones. But typically, if you dig a little bit deeper, there's something deeper there. That's the actual issue. So if you could really dig down to that, whatever you're presenting them, whether it's on a sales call or whether you're on a, uh, on a sales page, 
if you can really show that you understand their actual pain and the actual problem that they're going through, that you will be much more likely to make that sale. You can't focus on just the features. I think we get so focused on, I can offer you this, 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 and this, right? But instead you want to flip that and show them that you understand what they're going through, right? And that it's that deeper issue that they have. So it takes a little bit more time and a little bit more research for you um, in terms of <laughs> before you cold call, if you can try to figure those, some of those things out in advance, or if you're trying to build a sales page to really figure out, talk with some of those people, talk with those clients and really kind of dig further. Um, you know, they might say, Oh, I'm bad at time management. A lot of times it's something else that's is the issue, right? Sure. So really dig down. That will make you be able to convert. Sure. Better. Sure. Uh, that makes total sense. I, I know um, right now I'm, you know, end of the year. Uh, if you don't realize that probably a large motivator for or, or, or hindrance roadblock uh, rather for people is a mixture of just being absolutely stressed out uh, with everything else going on. And now you're like, hey, I need to add a few things to your to-do list. And they're like, huh? <laughs> um, but also um, just the the amount of energy that people have to be able to be creative on their end. Um, I think that is one of my favorite things about my role in, in advertising sales is that I get to approach people and be like, wait a second, I took time today to sit down and brainstorm for you. So let me be creative right. for you. And I, I'm fortunate enough to uh, have been in a creative role prior to coming into advertising. Um, and uh, so it's almost, it's a pretty easy switch for me, right? To just generate ideas and have them say, I like it or I don't like it. And I'm like, great, cool, right? Um, but it's something as simple as that. But you're taking the burden off totally, of them. Totally. Yeah, totally. that's great. And, and you know, mm -hmm. looking, understanding your, your customer and saying, what is it likely that uh, would cause them from not wanting to do this? Because a lot of times, at least with with our platforms, it's not a matter of like them deciding whether or not our audience is, is who they want to reach or not. It 100% is. And, and they mm -hmm. know it. It's more like, do I have the funding for it? And at the end of the year, either they do or they don't, right? And if they do, <laughs> then it's, I just, Jesse, it's like, two weeks before the end of the year, man, I'm going on, I got Christmas presents to buy. Like this isn't happening. And so, uh, and the funny thing is that is, that is generally the excuse, not the excuse, but the, the, the reason all year long, right. Is okay. Well, no, it's Valentine's <laughs> day or now kids are going on spring break or whatever. Right. There's always something vying for your time. And so as a, I think as a salesperson, yeah, really, truly understanding, Hey, how can I actually help you do this? Because um, there's really only one thing I need, and that's a sale. <laughs> so. But if you can take that burden off of them and kind of flip it around and say, how would I help you? Let me show you how I can help you. I think that's a totally different kind of balance of the powers and that kind of energy that you project. And that's different than saying, I just want the sale from you. You're always asking from them. And then flipping that around, I think, is a great totally. way to do that. Totally. I, um, I, I'm leave this one thing uh here um i was emailing back with a back and forth with a client and and noticed hey it, i could tell something was going on here that it was you know you had the money you just you knew that like the the campaign and the publication you wanted to be in was right all the dots were connecting but 
you could tell something was off. And uh, I think I sent this email like an hour ago. And I was like, look, I know that you're probably headed out soon. If we need help with this, I have a designer on standby, like for this directly. Literally, you don't have to go find the design. Like, you know, hop on for like 15 minutes with me and like, and I'll write everything down in the car, anything, right? right? And um, uh, so we'll see, cross our fingers and find out if, oh, that was finally it. Yeah, it's, we just, we didn't want to go through the work of finding a designer. Uh, sometimes it's things like that, right? Um, it's just a lot more work than, yeah. than uh, we realize is involved. So, uh, well, awesome. Thank you, Karen. Are there are, anything else? I don't want to uh, um, leave anything on the table that you weren't willing to share. I mean, I, I don't doubt that you have a ton more, which is obviously why people <laughs> hire you to work with them. So thank you so much for those nuggets. I appreciate it. And I, I hope uh, people find those useful. Now, um, as people can find you on LinkedIn, obviously, like I did, you're open to yeah. connecting. Um, and you're sure. based on the East Coast. Am I right in thinking that? Yep, I'm in the Washington, D.C. Okay. area. And uh -huh. but obviously working with clients all over all over the country. Yep, I'm a virtual business, so I can work with anybody. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Jesse.